From the virtual newsroom of Impact Alpha, this is your Impact Briefing for Friday, July 17th. I'm Brian Walsh. Today, I'll chat with Impact Alpha's Amy Cortez about BlackRock's proxy votes, the Trump administration's pushback on ESG, and how the crisis is pushing investors to show their true colors. I'm looking forward to our conversation, Amy. Me too, Brian. Good to be here. And we'll hear from this week's Agent of Impact, Kenny Arst, Diane Eisenberg, coming to us from her sheep farm in Wales. But first, here's what you need to know from this week in Impact Investing. BlackRock's stewardship falls short. All eyes have been on the large asset manager since January, when CEO Larry Fink pledged to take tougher stand on climate action. He said that meant voting at shares against management when corporations were making insufficient progress. This week it released its voting record for the 2020 proxy season, and BlackRock's performance was decidedly mixed. We'll talk with Amy in a bit about the details. The Trump administration seeks to turn back the ESG tide. The U.S. Department of Labor is pushing changes to ERISA, that's the Employee Retirement Income Security Act, to make it tougher for fund managers to pick ESG investment vehicles. Joe Biden upped his climate commitments. The former vice president released a four-year, $2 trillion clean energy plan. Biden set a 2035 goal for 100% clean energy standards and called for a climate conservation corps. President Trump countered with a plan of his own, calling for more deregulation of environmental rules. In deals, Rivian, the electric truck maker backed by Amazon and others, raised a hefty $2.5 billion. That brings the Michigan-based Rivian's total funding to about $6 billion. Blackstone, the private equity firm not to be confused with BlackRock, led a $200 million investment in Oatly, which makes Alt's dairy products from, you guessed it, oats. Alternatives to animal-based foods are raising big rounds. Alt protein maker Perfect Day recently raised $300 million. Grocery sales of plant-based foods that replace animal products have hit $5 billion, up 29% in two years. And assets targeted for gender lens investments are surging as women fund managers strike out on their own. The latest tally from Project Sage found 138 venture funds that are led by women, investing in female founders, or backing solutions for women, representing $4.8 billion in total. Almost half of the funds launched just last year. I'm joined once again by Impact Office Amy Cortez. Amy, you had a busy week. Yes, Brian. It seems the COVID crisis and the racial justice movement have many investors showing their true colors. Let's start with BlackRock. Their level of disclosure and engagement about their proxy voting would have been applauded a few years ago, but their big reveal this week kind of fell flat. They only took voting action against a fifth of the companies they said were not doing enough to address climate. The majority of them were put on watch. To some observers would say that it felt very 2000 and late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Their biggest pulled punch um, was their failure to support the move to vote former Exxon chief executive Lee Raymond off of JP Morgan's board of directors. The bank is the world's largest financer of fossil fuels. But BlackRock voted against a resolution asking the bank to report on the carbon footprint of its fossil fuel lending. The overall message seemed to be, our house is on fire. Uh, let's, let's keep an eye on that. 
So it sounds like the actions taken by BlackRock do not live up to the rhetoric that came out of CEO Larry Fink from earlier this year. Is that right? That is right. And speaking of not taking action, uh, the Trump administration's latest move against ESG investing feels like a retro throwback, doesn't it? Yeah, that's another one where you're like, what? Um, So this is a political football that has been tossed back and forth between Republican and Democratic administrations. What's at issue is rules for pension fund managers who are regulated by the government. The Department of Labor wants to make it really hard for them to use environmental, social, and governance factors that hurt financial performance. You know, the rub here is that ESG funds have kept pace or even outperformed other funds through the stock market roller coaster and beyond. Okay. And earlier you said that investors are showing their true colors. What do you mean by that? Very few investors are really stepping up to meet the current crises. I know we're going to hear from Kenny Arth in a moment, and there are a handful of others, but too many are quickly reverting to the business as usual, either pulling in their horns to avoid risk or pulling their punches as BlackRock did in their proxy votes. If we're really gonna get to the other side of this pandemic and recession, we're gonna need investors to move a lot more capital, not less, to move the needle on E, S, and G. All right, thank you so much, Amy, for your thoughts today. Good to be here. And now it's time for this week's Agent of Impact. Diane Eisenberg was already an adult when she suddenly found herself the custodian of the large fortune built by her father. A former community activist and global health worker who for 35 years has raised livestock on a sustainable farm in Wales, Diane knew what she wanted to do, make a positive impact in marginalized, primarily rural populations. There's that whole friction when you have conventional equity investors that that are, you know, looking to the exit, then of course there's always that pressure to, you know, capture market share, to get the price point down to increase margins. And the easiest way to do that is to move upstream. It's very, very challenging to work with the populations um, and the sectors that, that we are committed to. Kenny Earth has staked out a provocative position in impact investing around catalytic impact first investing that might not make a market rate return. On Impact Alpha's Agents of Impact podcast this week, Diane issues a call to action for other wealthy families. I'd like to propose the one-tenth challenge um, rather than the 10x challenge to those investors who have the flexibility in their investment returns. So this is a challenge that you just allocate one-tenth of your portfolio into impact-first capital preservation opportunities. You get higher impact in your areas that you champion, racial justice, gender equality, climate, and you don't need to go 100% all in with this as we have, for it to be meaningful. If everybody did a little bit, it would be hugely transformative. That's Kenny Ars Diane Eisenberg. Listen to her full interview wherever you get your podcasts. Search Impact Alpha or Agents of Impact. That's it for your Impact Briefing this week, where we saw the true colors of some impact investors. You can read more about all of these stories at impactalpha.com. Subscribers to Impact Alpha receive our daily email brief, including deal flow, job postings, and original features, as well as full access to impactalpha.com, Agents of Impact conference calls, and much more. Go to impactalpha.com slash subscribe. Thanks for listening, and thanks to Amy Cortez and our producer, Isaac Silk, who also wrote our theme song. I'm Brian Walsh, head of impact for the fintech company, Liquinet. 
Make sure you check back next week for the latest impact investing news.